Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today, we are joined by Henry Holzgreffer and Bilal A. Mohammed. Henry is a safety pharmacology consultant at Charles River Laboratories. Bilal is a doctor at the Clinic of Cardiology and Pneumology at George August Universität Göttingen. They're here to speak about arrhythmia detection and improving data analysis in the preclinical research setting. Let's jump in. Can you comment on how the Data Insight software improved or really enabled you to generate the research that you shared today? Yeah, I would say it's in our study, uh, in our arrhythmia study, we used, uh, as, as I mentioned, telemetry. So the telemetry uh, was from Data Insight. And the telemetry gave us a great opportunity to carry out our uh, study without with minimal complications. So it's increasing the compliance. So minimal intervention is required. You just have to um, to implant the telemetry, and that's it. So you and then you can continue measure measuring the arrhythmia for 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 whatever you whenever you want. So the more also the data we got from the telemetry implantation is more physiological. So you don't have to inject ISO, which is total pathological. You don't have to handle the mice if from each time you uh, you want to measure uh, the the or to detect the arrhythmia. Also the full disclosure or, uh, or exhibited by the telemetry to 24-hour uh, measurement uh, is can be easily uh, done. And also, uh, not only the ECG, but also it gave uh, data regarding the temperature of the mice and the activity of the mice. Not only the detection of the arrhythmia or detection of the measurement of, of, of the ECG uh, traces, but also the analysis, which is one of the obstacles in, in the field of arrhythmia, how to analyze the huge data obtained from 24-hour measurement of mice. So we know that the mice is, uh, in contrast to human, has a very high uh, rate of heart uh, bump, more 500 or 600 beats per minute. So uh, think about the uh, 24-hour measurement. So it, you, you you will need uh, uh, so long time to analyze this data. By and uh, we, we in the beginning we tried to contact um, a mathematician in the Max Blank to provide us with an algorithm to to to, to analyze it not manually but semi-automated or automated. But he, uh, during that time we was lucky enough to get this uh, Bonima software produced by DSI. And so the make it the this, this software make it very easy. So I would just and give a short example. So we used to analyze 24-hour data. It took for each mouse around eight hour, doing nothing except analyzing the data from this from this mouse. But when using the Bonima software, it, I would say it's taking us five to ten minutes for each mouse. So this is a, a huge reduction of time. And that is very easy to use, and so time saving. And I'd say it's great. Mainly, Punima software is it make it makes the things very easy. Perfect. No, that's a very complete answer. I'm sure that addresses the question. Thank you very much. Next question: Does Data Insights only work with ECG signals? And I'm going to ask perhaps you uh, take this one in nil. Uh, sure. The the inputs that are used in constructing searches are the derived parameters that are calculated by any of Ponema's analysis modules. So as a result, Data Insights can work with all signal types acquired by Ponema. In addition, a search can incorporate parameters from 
different channels in the same subject. And the, the only instance where ECG signals are treated differently is when Data Insights uses information from ECG Pro or the morphology of which takes into account the morphology of a waveform for pattern matching. And that only works with ECG signals, but otherwise it can work with, with all of Ponema signals. Excellent, okay, great. Next question, perhaps I'll have you, Hank, take this one. Were there any arrhythmias you were not able to identify uh, using Data Insights? Well, there are two parts to that, to that answer. In the presentation, I highlighted that there's a large library of predefined searches. However, it's not all inclusive. And Wabane produced some effects that we did not anticipate. It created a, uh, a substrate where there was profound, where there were profound AV conduction effects uh, in, on a background of ventricular ectopy. So the predefined searches for first and second degree AV block uh, were present. First degree AV block is obviously very easy to find. That's just PR prolongation. And I showed an example of second degree AV block, which also can be accurately adjudicated. AV dissociation or third degree AV block is much more complex because the P waves can be just any about anywhere. So I want to turn this over to Anil to describe this when we encountered this, and this is why you do validation studies. Um, this was a search that I felt would add value, so I put it to Anil to see what Data Insights could do. So with that background, Anil, you came up with a workable solution, which perhaps you could describe to the audience. Sure, Hank. So when, when searching for a third, for third degree AV block with Data Insights, we constructed a search which looked for marked PR changes over a sequence of cycles. And we didn't we don't have a default search included in, in the current version because we didn't have it fully qualified at the time of release. But we did try we did try looking for third degree AV blocks on the data that Hank has, and it was effective in identifying the regions that that, that showed AV block. There'll be further qualification on other data sets before we, before we make it available as, as a product or as an inclusion for our existing searches. Okay, very good. Very good, complete answer. We've had some questions come in about uh, combining blood pressure recordings along with this type of arrhythmia analysis. And I was hoping, well, again, everybody on our panel today could perhaps comment Either one, have they done that, simultaneous pressure measurements from the animal subjects? And then would there be anything unique as it relates to analyzing this, these results and combining the pressure data, or frankly, maybe even other physiological measurements that might be recorded uh, with the arrhythmia detection software? A very short answer and then ask Neil perhaps to embellish it. I, I've certainly looked at combined blood pressure ECG signals and the co-plotting, co co-presenting the blood pressure signal certainly helps in adjudicating conducted and non-conducted beats. And in the study that I just described, where DADs and EADs are the predominant arrhythmic forms, that can be quite useful. And again, in this situation of AV blocks, is, is a beat conducted or not conducted? Neil, could you embellish that? Certainly, I mean, being able to, when when working through and looking for 
either arrhythmias or other anomalies in the data, it does help to be able to run a search that includes some interrogation of what the blood pressure what the blood pressure is doing at the same time. In addition, I mean a simple a search as simple as looking for instances where your heart rate results are different <laughs> from ECG and from blood pressure. It's enough to say, well, what's going on? And what Data Insights does is it lets you quickly visualize the, the region that has caused that and lets you deal with it in terms of either accepting it or rejecting the data so that it's not included in the analysis. Okay. Very good. Um, a question, again, for our panel. In your opinion, how, how easy was it to implement the Data Insights software, basically moving your data from, in both cases, Ponema into the Data Insights Analysis Program? Would you, what's the learning curve? That, can you comment on that and share your experience with the audience? So, Bilal, actually, I'll ask you to share your experience first, and then, Hank, maybe you can follow up. I didn't have any problem with transferring the data to the Data Insight. In my case, I, I would say it's, uh, you don't have to, to worry about this. I, I didn't have any problem with this. Very good. And, Hank? And I, I would echo those comments because Data Insights it's just a uh, menu addition to the familiar Panema user interface. So the integration and, and use of data insights was really basically seamless, very, very quick learning curve, very, very quick implementation. If I could add a quick point there, Andy. So data insights is available in post-analysis mode in review. And as soon as once you're, if you're familiar with Panema and review, once you've opened uh, data set in review, Data Insights is available as, as part of your review session, and it's built to be an interactive, iterative process working with, with you while you're analyzing your data. Okay, perfect. And is it correct that then Data Insights as a module is attached solely to Ponema acquisition and analysis, or is this a product that can link to other acquisition softwares? It is specific to the Ponema, Ponema platform. Perfect. Okay. I guess actually on the same tone, we've had a question that came in from Bernard and yeah. who's asked, how is Data Insights different from ECG Pro? With, if I can take that, yep. um, Andy, ECG, ECG Pro is our template matching product. And what that does is it allows the user to identify specific morphologies in an ECG signal and ECG Pro will identify other cycles like it in a data set. Okay. With, with Data Insights, it can be used with ECG Pro, but it can also be used with, as we said earlier, any derived parameter. So this is where the user can construct a search based on derived parameters and find instances <coughs> or Data Insights will Will, will will highlight instances where that search, the search results are, where the searches are satisfied. Now, for using data insights with ECG Pro, we can identify, we can visualize, quickly visualize the cycles that have matched either a specific template or a group of templates after running ECG Pro or template analysis. So the two are different but complementary. Okay, perfect. No, that's a great answer. A couple of questions have, have come in about maybe just having people comment on their best practices or tips and tricks as it comes down to how to handle 
data data sets that are coming in that are particularly noisy. If you have a noisy ECG signal, are there are there suggestions on how to maybe clean the data? And would this be done prior to analysis by Data Insights, or is that maybe a feature that's built into Data Insights? Again, maybe Anil, you start this, and and we can have our, our Hank and Bilal comment anything that they've done in their lab. Again, Hank in the large animal, and maybe Bilal obviously in in rodents. Sure, there are there are noise elimination or noise suppression abilities built into let's take ECG for example. However. That doesn't mean that all the noisy data is going to get caught by them. One of the, generally before you start analyzing in detail, it's nice to run some of the data validation searches, which are, which are built-in searches in Data Insights. And what those searches help highlight are um, cycles that, or regions of the data that may be noisy. It could be valid data, it could be noisy data, but being able to quickly highlight them gives the user within the data insights window an opportunity to, opportunity to select which is good and which is indeed noisy and then bad data marks can be placed down. That's, that's, that's the term that we, or the method we use within Ponema to mark off data that should not be included in, in subsequent analysis. So there are searches that are, are targeted towards the elimination of or interrogation of potentially noisy data. Can I pass that on to either Hank or Bilal if they have any, other, any further comments? I would say that in the beginning you have to, the implementation of telemetry is uh, play an important role to get a better ECG traces. This is the first, first, first and most important thing. Second, when you have a noisy ECG, uh, the Bonima software uh, allow us to, uh, to, to um, first of all, trace the ECG, detect the, the arrhythmic uh, event itself, and then you have to trace it by naked eye. And then if you, you can just simply uh, ignore the, 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 the event which is noisy and uh, uh, take the, the event which is not or uh, better than the noisy one and give the, this, um, this as a template to the software to detect only this event on the whole ECG traces. And by that, you will not get rid of the noisy part of the ECG, but will ignore it. I mean, will uh, exclude this part and only focus on the part which is less noisy. Very good. Hank, uh, your, your two cents? One thing to add that hasn't been covered, which or specific directly, which is that when you employ data insights, even after noise filters and pattern recognition have been employed, the output of data insights is still interactive when you get to the waveform screen that uh, I presented in, in, in my last several slides, you have the interactive ability to manually overread and reject cycles that are inappropriately identified. There, so it's important to appreciate that Data Insights is not fully automated. This is not a turnkey black box where you input data and output an answer. I, I suppose that's possible, but the intention was that it be used in, a, in an interactive mode where the user has the ability to, to overread the data and, and, and reject cycles that are inappropriately identified. So that's sort of the, uh, the last step in, in, in validating your output. Very good. Okay, then, yeah, that's great. Uh, great input from everybody. Quick question, kind of actually outside of Data Insights. Uh, does DSI provide implantable 
transmitters and hardware for conscious recording in rabbits where similar type of data that was presented today could be generated. And Neil, I'll ask you to answer this one. Yes, DSI transmitters are used in rabbits for conscious recording. There are, we've had, we've processed rabbit data with data insights as well. And I think that's, that's very widely used, yes. Perfect. Okay, great. And then, yes, the question from Christy I wanted to address was, can a researcher create their own arrhythmia algorithms and pattern recognition or adjust things if they feel that's necessary? What type of control does the user have? I can take that, Andy. Sure. The, the, searches, are, the searches are completely definable from, you can start from a blank slate and create your own search. <laughs> or you can take the existing default searches that are provided as as starting points mm -hmm. and tweak them and modify them. So it's as long as what you're looking for is captured in one of Ponema's derived parameters or from an, in an ECG case captured in the morphology that is identified using ECG Pro, you can use it in a search and generate results from that. Perfect. Very good. All right. I'm going to suggest that this be our final question. And again, I think it will be a good one to close on. The question is, can, can our presenters comment on the foreseeable regulatory impact for quantitative arrhythmia scoring? And Hank, I'm going to ask that maybe you start off with this one. Okay. Thanks, Andy. The, as I noted, the regulatory landscape is changing rather rapidly. We have the um, development of the SIPA paradigm. And then for some of the listeners, uh, don't know if everyone is aware, but E14 was amended in December of 2015 via Q&A. And so this is going to cause some, lead to some fundamental changes, which ultimately uh, may provide exclusions for the need for a TQT study. There have been several publications in, involving uh, clinical CROs and, and FDA uh, regulators where they've talked about the importance of exposure response modeling in this uh, new environment. And one thing that uh, I was particularly taken by is right now exposure response modeling, which is accorded a uh, very high level of reliability and importance, really only has one surrogate variable, and that's the rate-corrected QTC. With the advent of validated and reliable automated arrhythmia detection, I think we have a new response variable that could be put into the exposure response relationship generating very high confidence results in terms of the presence or absence of prorhythmic liability. So I, I, I think that that certainly will be in the future. Very interesting. And, and are, are other speakers anything to add, Anil or Bilal? One other comment I could make there is that with 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 the use of data insights, it does allow users to go from uh, a snapshot type ECG analysis to analyzing much larger data sets and makes it feasible to analyze larger data sets. And that is that, that certainly does bring more, more rigor to the, uh, or more validity to the results, if you will, as opposed to just focusing on, on selected time points through the, through the data. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. 
For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next time.